Welcome to Fans of the Forge. I'm Chris. To my left, we have... Sean. And to my right, we have... Teresa. And today's episode is a wrap-up for Season 5, Episode 23, The Sawback Hunting Sword. So, jumping right into it, our contestants. We had Gordy with two years of part-time experience. Trevor with three years of part-time experience. Mike with... 40 years of part-time experience, and Devin with 10 years of part-time experience. So it's a pretty wide range here. Yes. They're throwing a ringer in, I think, so, right, with the 40 years hey, of experience. But he's from Canada. That shouldn't oh. count against him. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into our picks here. We all chose Mike with the 40 years of part-time experience as our pick to win because... That's what you'd expect. Because we used to play it the other way, and then one of those really experienced guys won, so now we're like, oh, okay, experience. Right. And then I chose Gordy as my underdog, and Teresa and Sean both chose Trevor as the underdog. For round one, the scene opens. Yes. On a camp. In the woods. In the woods. With tents. Tents, a campfire. A campfire, a table for the judges to sit at, yeah. and coal forges. Hand crank coal forges. Yeah. And all of the contestants had to make signature Sanmai blades using these hand cranked coal forges and the materials harvested from around the campsite, which also included a fire ring. Tent poles. Um, a hammock. A hammock, that's right. There was a hammock. They each had a firing, right? Or there was multiple ha- firing? There were multiple of each of these things. Although the firing itself was pretty big. Yeah. Yeah, they could have easily all shared I think one. I saw one guy already had a cut. One, I think Mike went and he grabbed a piece out of it. And yeah. They showed a lot of different materials around a campsite. There was a bunch to choose from, so you kind of had to know what what kind of steel it was. Uh, yes, they showed little like shovels, like little trowels too. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think anybody used that though. No, no one touched that. So, first thing, you're using a coal forge. As we all know, when you're using a coal forge, part of your forging job is now you have a second job of keeping a coal forge lit. So they all started their forges right off the bat before they went to grab any metal because they wanted to get the fires lit and burning. Right so that it was one less thing to have to really worry about too much. Devin, he went, grabbed firing and some rebar, and we made a note that he was using his flux to help gauge the temperature of his steel, which was an interesting usage of flux that we hadn't necessarily seen, or at least I hadn't heard of before. Um, Especially when they're outside and it's difficult to tell the colors that's come up before is neat that he had this other way of knowing what the temperature right. was. Although his um, explanation that was, was, you know, put overdubbed on on his video, mm-hmm. his metal was pretty hot, and he's putting a flux on like, alright, well, you know it's hot, because, <laughs> I mean, it's it's red hot, or yellow, I mean, it's, it was orange, it was bright, and I'm like, okay, well, Explanation right. makes sense, but the clip they used, you know, was like, okay. It's hard to tell. I feel like after having shot our Tour de Forge video and editing some of that, two different cameras 
showed two different colors of those blades. Like the video camera had a different tone or, or of yellow and, and mm-hmm. red to it compared to an iPhone camera. And so if you're out in the sunlight and you're looking with just your eyes, I have to assume that it's a lot harder to make out the difference All in right. that. So that's probably why the flux helped there. But it's hard to tell when you have such a like a high-def camera that they're using to record the show that can get right. a pretty good idea of what this metal is looking like, even if we can't see it like if we were there. Yeah. So that being said, Gordy, he also used the fire ring, and he grabbed a chair leg, like a camp chair leg. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, he cracked his billet, so he went and got a tent spike, but he had a lot of trouble getting the welds to stick. Started again, I think his third time restarting, or starting... Starting a third blade. Starting a third blade, yes, with 40 minutes left on the clock. That's tough. That's really yeah. tough. Um especially in the situation with the coal forge and the fact that they're trying to make um, a, a San Mai style right. where you're combining two types of metal with that. Like if it, it was just so many variables. Right. It wasn't hard enough with a coal forge outdoors. You had to do a San Mai. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> with materials that you can't even do right. a spark test. Yeah. I mean, to know oh, you, you kind of have doing. to know and it seemed like they kind of knew, but, but still like, you know, they threw a lot of curveballs at these guys. Mm-hmm. Especially for two of the guys, two and three years of experience. Yeah. Like part-time. Part-time. Not even all so, of them. <laughs> oof. It's tough. I wouldn't want to be in their place. No. Then, continuing continuing on, Mike used the fire ring as well, and he used one of the hammock poles. He shoved part of it in the – shoved it end in – Upright. Oh, all this right. This is your notes. Yes. I um, <laughs> Now I know what I'm saying here. So when he shoved his into his forge, he had a large mound of coal, and then he literally just had it sticking like straight oh, that, up yes, out of the pile. Yes, that's what you meant. And um, it was a little strange considering you always see it kind of laying a little more horizontal. Right. Um, but, you know, Mike said it himself. It's not a science. It's an art. Eh? He did not say. He didn't say that. (laughs) I did. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Trevor he used the firing as well, and there was a barrel there that he also cut a part out of. His blade was was very wide, and he was having a lot of trouble making it forge weld along that whole area because of the width of the blade and. Yeah, it was, like, abnormally wide. Yeah, it was huge. It was really huge. Um, He tried to do an edge quench with his, but it wasn't fully welded when he did that, so he had to try to quench it. It didn't look very hot. He didn't have it in oil for very long. No, it just wasn't working out. And (laughs) so it delaminated after the second quench still, and he just went with it and said, I'm going to polish a turd. Yeah. So, good on you. At least you stuck with it and tried to get something out of it. Um, and then we had a few little tangents that we marked. And this was something that I pointed out to Teresa. And I said, Re- we need to rewind that. Look, it was 12 minutes into the episode. They're showing a shot of the woods. 
and you see a random person walking through the woods, like really far off Dude, in the background. That was but happening. So far that you couldn't see him. That happened in the very beginning. I oh, yeah. saw people oh, really? like in a blue coat. I'm like, there's a trail behind them or something. Oh. There's people walking through the woods. I'm like, how how was that? At first, I was like, Bigfoot, Bigfoot. It's not a closed set, I guess. No. Not when you're in the woods. Not. No, I guess not. Yeah, and there's only going to be so much they can do to try to close off trails and stuff. Yeah. People are walking through. And I noticed the next one. And then Teresa <laughs> noticed the next one and made me rewind it so I could see it. And I agree with her on this one. At about 18 minutes in, they were reacting to something happening. I don't remember which Smith was doing what, but David Baker... He takes his hand and he puts it down on the table. Put your hand right up here. And he puts his hand like right here, like right next to Jay's, almost touching. And it was like he was reaching. It was gentle and delicate. (laughs) (laughs) Just watch it around 18 minutes. Yeah, you'll see. All right, I got to watch that. I'll check that out. There's a little almost hand holding going on right there. But anyway, when it came down to judging, Trevor had the widest blade. He had to fix cracks in his blade, but Doug did like the design he had. Mike had a very lean blade with a gap in the tip, some warp, and he needed to try to add more mass to the tang if he was going to be able to pass a strength test. Devin had some very visible delaminations, and he needed to put a better stop on his... Uh, was that for the blade or the handle? I don't. Towards the end of the handle. Towards the end of the handle, so that it, he had something to hold on to. And Gordy, unfortunately, he did not meet parameters with what he turned in, and he got the boot, which means my underdog was gone in the first round. Mm. So my chance for those two sweet, sweet points flew out the window. Burned up like coal. Yes, it did. All right. Round two. Round two. All right, so now the Smiths are in the forge, and they have to use bone, horn, or um, antler for their handle material. So Devin, um, he goes right to the welder to kind of plug up his holes um, and his gaps, and then he went for some water buffalo horn for his handle. Um Mike went and uh, used moose horn. Yes. And in his epoxy, he threw in some uh, steel powder to kind of strengthen it. He said he could also use, like, wood shavings or sawdust to do kind of the same thing. Um, But he didn't really fix his delaminations. He didn't really focus on correcting his blade flaws um, because he said, you know, you need to, I want to turn in a, a finished blade. I don't want to, you know, miss out on f- finishing the handle and get booted for that pretty much. Um, then Trevor, he, uh, he kind of did some exploratory surgery trying to trace these cold shuts and he was grinding a lot of material off and he was just finding that they just, they just kept going. So, um, he, uh, he went with antler and. For some reason, hey, it happens. He was going to cut the antler on a bandsaw, and he was pushing his antler into the back of the blade, but <laughs> has no teeth on it. The judges had a little fun looking at that, and and uh, what Dave said, used a toothy side. <laughs> yeah. So, um, moving on to testing, we had 
the antler chop for strength and then the ham slice for the sharpness test. So for the antler chop, um, Jay Nielsen goes seven times. Uh, Devin goes first. Um, he had a rolled edge. You know, it's as to be expected, right? With an antler chop. Yes. Um, Mike, his blade was already kind of warped. Uh, took a bend, and uh, more of his seams opened up. Trevor had a huge roll uh, and a split. You know, a sandmai opened up, but they all passed. Right, and even though they had some of these seams opening up and and having some of those issues, because they didn't fully break, they were still able to use them right. to do the next part of the yeah. testing. So, next test, the ham slice. Um, Devin he had some good, nice cuts. Um, I think Mike went second. His blade didn't really do much of anything. And as he put it, you could sell that in the market tomorrow because it look, there's no damage to to that ham. Yeah. And then uh, Trevor, um, even though he had that big kind of roll, it still cut, made some nice deep cuts. Yeah. And Doug said, let's turn this frown upside down. <laughs> you can always count on Doug for something good like that. Of course, of course. And so, unfortunately, uh, Mike got the boot. And he was everybody's pick. Yeah. He was everyone's pick. So I'm not getting any points You're this episode. Boo-hoo. Be bitter. No, I'm it. fine. Right. Round three, let's go. Okay. Keep it moving. <laughs> Sawback hunting sword. That's what they had to build for their um, at-home forge time. It's a 17th century handsaw short sword. Um, they had shortened it from 25 inches to 20 inches was used on both sides during World War One, and it was a single or had a single or double row of teeth. Um, so that's the general sword. And then the specifics for their challenge was they needed to have a right side forward bent clamshell guard. Now imagine me trying to write all this in my notes <laughs> yeah. right as they're saying it. And I think I had to pause and rewind it twice yeah. to be able to get all that. And they keep going with a rear quillion and pommel. Mm-hmm. Functional saw black that must run three quarters of the length of the blade. So it's like it's a good amount of stuff that needs to get done when they go home. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, we start with Devin. He had on day one, 5160 steel. Added a fuller to add strength and to look good. On day three, as he was cutting the saw blades and heat treating, cracks formed along that fuller and he needed to start over. And then on day four, he had a heat treat on his second blade and he was casting his bronze. And then at Trevor's home forge, on day one, he was working on a three steel Damascus. Then they catch up with him on day four, where he finished the profile, put in the saw teeth, quenched the blade and hardened the blade. And then on day five, he was working on issues with his handle spacing. Um, coming into the judging part, uh, Chris and I watch <laughs> the show the next day on DVR. We fast forward through the commercials. Mm-hmm. And it's at this point that Chris is like, oh, someone's blade is going to break. There's not a lot of time left. Yeah, there was very few minutes left to the actual recording. And I said, it's yeah. going to be a catastrophic failure. There is. I can tell. So the first test was the kill test where they had to cut through a ram carcass. And Trevor did well. It was well-balanced, minor edge roll. And Devin's blade was the one that broke. So 
Trevor wins and Sean and I get points. Uh, Bring I wonder if they reuse those rams from the other episode that they didn't get to use. I mean, we don't know when each of these ones were recorded or... <laughs> well, we just learned that or, Connor only had three days' notice, so maybe maybe they had him in a big fridge. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they gotta have a place to store the meat. It's tough to say. Like, I, there's like there could be feasibly months between episode recordings if they're out of order. It's possible that they were could be this, you know, rams that were not used on a previous episode that were stuck, in, out stuck in the freezer. Just something I just thought of. That's all. It's an interesting thought. Yeah. Anyway, let's wrap this. Wait. Points. I'm yeah. I was gonna wrap it up with points. So points. Points. Sean's got fifteen points. Yeah. Climbing Pulling the ranks. In an, underlong, an underdog. What did you say? Climbing the ranks. Oh, okay. Chris has seventeen points. Mm-hmm. And I've got twenty-five. And we don't know when the hell this freaking season's gonna no. end. They just keep putting episodes yeah. out. We thought it'd be over by now, but it's but not. We're happy that it's not over because we like the show. Right. We're happy yes. it's not over. But it's crazy. It's crazy. How many episodes are they going to put in a season? Know, man. They're already past what they did last year. The last oh. season. <laughs> are they going to go to 30-something? Maybe we still have some chance here, Sean, is what I'm getting at. If they if they put out another hey, five episodes. for you. Mysteries <laughs> at the Museum has like 40 episodes in a season, if you look it up. <laughs> wrap it up already. Yeah, wrap it up. You got to <laughs> save some twists and turns for the other season. Whatever, who knows? But they that's have the to episode. forge on a boat next time. Like, what? What's what's left? <laughs> that would be so cool. That'd be really cool. Imagine yeah, it would, be, had to, it would be awesome. But like, ro- they all had individual rowboats that they had to forge oh, on. No, that's yeah, a little <laughs> much. You can't do that. You, you gotta like be a, on a big ship. Yeah, and you gotta. If they're in a lake. You can do it on a rowboat. I'm thinking like go down to Mystic. That's not safe. Where there's like, you know, a big oh, like an old sailboat or yeah. something. That'd they be probably cool. have those in Groton. That's further. Which one am I thinking of? Norwich. Still further. Norwich. Norwalk. No, no, no. Norwalk. Norwalk. Yeah, maybe Norwalk. There's stuff all along the shore. Anyway, that's the episode. <laughs> Season 5, episode 23, The Sawback Hunting Sword. Thank you for watching the video. Remember to follow us and subscribe to our YouTube channel and Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, I suppose, whatever. But thanks again for watching, and we will catch you with the next episode sometime next week. Later. Bye. I'm sleepy. Hold my beer.